The D.N. Davis Show. D.N. Davis, the show. We are back giving you a sports fix as best as we can. And if we're doing it, it's pretty good. But, of course, there's not a lot of sports going on. So we will talk about some of the topics that's happening in the sports, maybe reminisce over some past sports, maybe even get off topic a tad bit. My name is Kenneth Davis. You know the man. His name is. D. DeMond What's happening, everybody? Hey, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at D.N. Davis Show. Once again, it's at D.N. Davis Show. Facebook.com forward slash D.N. Davis Show. iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Music, Stitcher, the TuneIn app. More on Anchor. We'll kick you over to Spotify. And the YouTubes, all right? We're posting new videos there, and you can see us, all right? So, hey, definitely be interactive. Definitely. Take it, D. Come on, Ryan. It's coming back your way. Oh, oh you, you black whore just didn't do that. Your oh, rhythm hey. should be up to par. So I hey. know you just, you did not take that. Oh, you, how I'm dare you? traffic control. How dare you? He's air traffic. He's producing. He's air traffic. He's Hey, uh, rhythm? I didn't know. Rhythm's an issue, hey, Ryan. Oh yeah, always. I didn't know. I thought the I thought the Ryan Black Hornets that you you jumped over and the rhythm came too. Nah, just a plain old whore. Don't. Hey, no wait, real quick. What's up? That's a reference to. He, for instance, a lot of times you may meet someone from another culture and you may be the first person they met. That doesn't mean he's out having sex with black women. That's not what we're saying. We're saying it's his friends oh, that he had okay. other black friends. <laughs> right. It's like, we're, we're not special to him. Make him a Horace. Exactly. We're not special friends to him. It's like, this is what I do. So that's the point. That's the, that's that's the narrative behind that. So that's everybody cool. knows that. Just take it in a proper perspective. Yeah, that, that's the joke. That's the joke on the show. Yeah, that's the joke. That's uh, the running gag. Hey, make sure you follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Demons1, D-E-M-O-N-Z-E-1. Ken is on Twitter and Instagram at That's Davis. Ryan Bukovsky is on Twitter at Ryan B. Ski. Also, I IG and Ryan B. Ski One. He is the executive producer of the DN Davis Show, DN Davis of Flip, and Westworld Flip. All right, guys. Yep. Let's go off top. Off the top. Off the top. What you got, D? Um, so this is pretty cool. Uh, you're more you're you're more into video games than I am. Okay, well, one, you have a what, 10, 11. How old is, how old is I can't say 10. 11. 11, 11 year old son. 11. So he's like right in the wheelhouse right now. Oh, it's. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's some serious. It's a, it's the platformer, but it's the phone too, boy. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's some The phone is like crack to these yeah. kids. Yeah, I mean, it, listen, a telephone is like crack to anybody now. Yeah, I mean, yeah, sure. Yeah, so, but the NBA is partnered up with uh, 2K, and they are going to have a NBA 2K players tournament. All right, this is from, got a little blur from right here. 2K, the National Basketball Association, the NBA, the Players Association, announced an NBA 2K player tournament, NBA 2K20 game gameplay tournament between 16 current NBA players. It starts uh, April 3rd on ESPN and ESPN2. It's going to include uh, top C Kevin Durant of the Brooklyn Nets, Trey Young of the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, and it's going to be compete in a single game elimination uh, player only tournament on Xbox one. 
So, and that's this Friday. That's this Friday, right. And Watch Trey Young with that, man. On ESPN, baby. ESPN and ESPN2. ESPN is looking for content to play now. He's like, listen, yes. y'all, can, y'all can just go ahead and sit in your drawers play video games. We need something. But check this Plus, out. That's the, that's the future anyway. So they're like, yeah, let's give this yeah, a try. E-gaming. E-gaming is huge. Yeah. It's going to yeah. be on ESPN. E-game. And unfortunately, we may be in a situation like this again, and you're going to need to make content in the future. You never know. Shout out, you know, shout out to the producers at ESPN for creatively coming up with content. Like yeah. watching it someday, like today it was a really good day where it was like, their producers are busting their ass. They got to do something, man. To come up with, with good ideas yeah. to fill in all those gaps with no live sports. Yeah. Well, also, here's something else. The winner will be crowned the ultimate two, NBA 2K20 champion and select a charity beneficiary to receive $100,000 donation from 2K, 2K, the NBA, and the NBA PA in support of ongoing. So it's $300,000 in? It's a hundred thousand dollar donation. So the donation is combined from those three, not uh, they individually I'll read, I'll read, give up. I read it again. The winner okay. will be crowned the ultimate NBA two K twenty champion and select a charity beneficiary to receive a hundred thousand dollar donation from NBA two K, the NBA and the okay. NBA PA. It's combined. Yeah, ongoing coronavirus relief efforts. They so, need to do. They need to do better. Yeah, I would think. Well, you know what? <laughs> sometimes, sometimes, sometimes you have guys. Or, or women, whoever the case may be, was like, you know what? On top of that, I'm going to match that. So yeah, but, somebody, somebody might pull it out, but I agree with you. Maybe uh, this maybe is just first of many. It's only 16 players. That's a good, that's a good point. 16. That's a good point. Yeah. That's so a good point. Can I give y'all some of the seeds? Yes. Go All ahead. Right, cool. Yeah. All right. Kevin Durant's number one overall seed. He's at 96. So I'm guessing this might be based off the actual ranking. Yeah, that's play, their rating in right? the game. So okay. it's their game ratings, but not like, for instance, their player ratings, correct? It's their player. It's their player. Well, I mean, player ratings as far as if they are great to get a number one seed. Right. That's what I'm saying. So, but this is just based off of how they're rated as players inside of the game. Yes. Right. Inside of the game. Inside of the game. Not their game play. Right. But inside of actually the simulator. All right. Gotcha. Exactly. So, Kevin Durant's number one seed. Number two is Trey Young. Number three is Hassan Whiteside. Wow. He has nothing else to do. Play video games. No, that just tells me. Whoa, whoa, wait. Again, now you you just. Let's go back. Let's go back. Let's go back. back. You just said that this was based off of how the avatar's rating is. So, that's on me, though. I don't play NBA 2K that much. So, so Hassan Whiteside has an 87. Ranking? The question isn't that. It's that, what the what other players works. that you have, how low are they? Oh, we go low, baby. Okay, <laughs> now that we've we go gotten low, past okay. Kevin Durant and the second year player, how far are we going down now? All right, let's keep on going. Uh, Wait, the, D, I'm sorry. Did you say that this is like one on one in the game, or is it the Brooklyn Nets taking on who? That's what I want to know, too. Um, it didn't say say exactly how the format is going to be, but it does say a single game elimination. So I'm guessing this, it says player only tournament on NBA one. On Xbox one. So I don't know. I have no idea. But what if your squad is whack? It's like, you got the Bulls, you got the Kings, yeah. you know, like, not even that. Like, you got the Knicks, like R.J. Barrett in this shit. Hey, listen, listen, I think, I think majority gamers out there, they just roll with an actual, they go play a play with the, uh, with the actual team. They don't do one-on-ones, for my, for my impression. Yeah, no, not, roll, I mean. Roll with the team, right? Roll with the team, you got squad. All right, so Devin Booker is number five seed, Andre Drummond number uh, six seed. Zach Whoa, Green. let's go back, let's go back. Oh, Devin up? Booker has a lower rating. This can't be right. Devin Booker has a lower rating on that game than Hassan Whiteside? Devin, or Devin is it Booker, the same? Devin Booker right now is at an 86. Hassan Whiteside is at 87. 
That got you, it. That do, you has have to the, be... do you have the video game? Yeah, I've never played it. Okay, hey, ask a little, so ask a little fella. He'll yeah. probably be able to run him off the top of his head. You know, I mean, he's, but, a great, he's a gamer. But I think that has to be more of how they actually play as human beings, because Devin Booker has to be rated higher than Hassan White. I would think so. All right, so is yeah. Zach Levine at number seven seed at eighty-five? Montez uh, Harrell from the Clippers at eighty-five. Uh, he's at the AC. Uh, so bonus kid uh, from the Indiana Pacers. Uh, he's number nine seed. Got DeAndre Ayton, number 10. Uh, De- uh, DeMarcus Cousins at number 11. Michael Porter Jr. is number 12. Uh, Ryu, Ryu uh, from the Washington Wizards. He's at number 13. Patrick Beverly here from the Chicago. Yeah, Rudy Ashmore. Yeah, Rudy Ashmore, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, he's number 13. Patrick Beverly from the Clippers, hometown boy here in Chicago. He's number 14. Harrison Barnes, number 15. And Derek Jones Jr. from the Miami Heat is number 16. I take back everything I just said. I guess they just don't have uh, Booker and Hassan Whiteside rated right because the yeah, rest of the scene, the rest of the seem like it could fall in direction. You know, usually, with these uh, player like these sports simulation video games, they have a few wonky ratings, but for the yeah. most part, mm-hmm. they're actually pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. They get too much hate. How many players have we seen being interviewed about their ratings? Like, man, come on, man, I'm at this, I'm at that, man. I need to up my rating. I, I would, I would think, um, I would think uh, Devin Booker next year, 2K21, he's going to be higher than Hassan Whiteside. He's he's gonna gonna be, he should be higher than him now. Listen, maybe I, I, Hassan Whiteside is be lower. Yeah, it's funny. I can remember. And remember, they do roster updates throughout the year, so it's not like uh, mm-hmm. if Devin Booker isn't killing it, they wouldn't put him ahead. I can remember playing Madden. A decade or so ago, and you know, I start off with the Bears, organize the team, make my trades, and sometimes yeah. I'd be like, "Where the hell did the pressure come from?" I hate to say it, because I mean, you know, it's a terrific dude, and I rewind the playback, and it'll come from Olin. Olin had the uh, high rating. Uh, you don't tell me you didn't do that. You'd be like, "Where did the oh, pressure did, come from?" Time. And you rewind the playback. Big time. <laughs> you got to get on him. They, otherwise, they get lazy on you. Yeah, yeah dude. All these animated. By the way, you guys had to get this MLB The Show. I don't know what you're waiting yeah, for. Yeah, you keep telling You know what? I got all the time this in the world. Let me is beyond awesome. You know, I think I, I have all the time in the world, but I find myself working harder now than I did when I was going into the office. Well, hey, you listen. gotta you gotta use it. We're not have baseball this year. <laughs> it's like, man, dude. <laughs> <laughs> that you working hard, huh? Yeah, I mean, uh, for real. You're yeah, not wrong with it, man. Listen, you people out here know right now. That's the thing. It's people with no jobs. Yeah. Uh, shout to my JLB. Shout to yours. It's people out here. So, you know, you you don't want to be. Unfortunately, there are some situations set up to, to help you. I don't know how effective they are, mm-hmm. but you don't want to be in that situation if you don't have to place yourself in that situation. So it's one of those things, man, in this new market, how things are going to swing moving forward. Yeah, very true. All right, who got the Ryan, next one? What's, your, what's yours, Ryan? Well, we got some football news. Adam, what more can you tell us about what just happened that will alter the landscape going forward moments ago in the NFL? Trey, the NFL owners officially approved the new playoff format for the 2020 season. The 14-team playoff field is now set. The league adds a playoff team in each conference. It reduces the number of buys in each conference. And so on wild card weekend, 2021 of the 2020 season, you're going to see three games played on Saturday, three wild card games, and three wild card games played on Sunday, the last coming 
Sunday night. The CBA, actually I should say the NFL owners, officially approved the start of the uh, NFL playoffs, adding an extra team per conference, an extra wild card to be specific, and it'll be implemented starting this year. So seven teams in the NFC, seven teams in the AFC, only one bye week as for the number one seed. I don't know about you guys, but I kind of like this setup. What do you guys think? I'm good. Um, I had enough football. In, in layman's turn, everybody will, will I mean, hood speak. I'm good means he's not really into it. I had enough. I, I mean, I had enough football. Like, I, for when we found out, like, maybe six or seven years ago that they really want to go to 18, I know, and D always tell you that's what they're going to do in the next CBA. Mm-hmm. Um, it was too much. Like, I, I've never liked the fact that the NFL has always lied. And this goes back to the fact that we saw that they, they investigated CTE prior and came out with false statistics about how it affects their players. And that's just the fact. And again, it's a business and businesses want to protect their, their income. But still, when it comes to the fact that you're implementing another game, so what if you're taking away a preseason game? We see here in Chicago, our players don't even play in the preseason. Most, most teams don't use their players in the preseason. And even if that, they're not going full goal only one game do where your starters maybe play three quarters. And nowadays that's not even the same as it was 15 years ago. It's greedy. Um, the fact that the, 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 they're not even at 50, 50, like just think about that. Like before DeMar Smith took over, maybe even before that they had closer to a 50, 50, if not more split, they were in like what 47 and now they boosting up to 48 and you're taking another game and all they're doing is giving you some money from the extra game. They're, they're not giving you money from the money that they were already making and screwed you over in the last CBA. So for me, being someone who played football and it, it changed my life as far as physically, like I blew my ACL out. I had a couple concussions and this is in high school uh, to see people that have gone on and took on the beatings that those, those, those in college and in the pros and on, on semi-pro teams or whatever you have to do to make it to that level. And now you, and again, some people may not care, but now you're going to take another plug out of their skin. It's just like, come on, man. Like football, it's, it, we, we're already in February now when the Super Bowl takes place. Like when we were kids, it was in January. January, yeah. Like I don't, I'm, I'm good. Like when it gets like real talk, don't we all get a sense of relief when the playoff starts and our fantasy season is always already over and you don't have to worry about that Thursday alarm and mm-hmm. London games. It's just like all I got to do is watch football and football is gone. It's not saying I don't miss it. But I like the offseason of football when it comes to free agency and also when it comes to uh, the draft. So I, I look forward to that also. But for me, I didn't need it. Um, the only, only reason why I'm not really into it is because you have an odd number at seven teams getting in. Damn, you don't even care about the, the brother's brain. Well, you He's already – well, I don't already like odd games. You already said <laughs> – I don't like odd numbers. Exactly. Don't you guys think, though, like, I'm with you on the 17th game being too much, but an extra playoff team per conference, I don't have a problem with that. But that's an extra game, though. That's But, Brian, that's a playoff. I mean, you sacrifice your body all year long. You got so to make the playoffs. But, Ryan, you, you sacrifice your body all year long, and now if you're the second seed, you don't get that respite? See, that's my thing. That's why I don't like the seven, the seven, seven um, teams in it. I'd rather just go ahead and just make it eight 
from both conferences. And honestly, let's be Ooh, real. Let's be, let's be real. Like See, they got a decade before, bro. They got a, that's that's I like know, a generation and a half that don't have to take that beating. Listen, and you like take that beating now. Listen, for our numbers. They are they are going from a twelve team. I mean, the lad, the when the the twelve team playoffs uh, seeds or teams got implemented in nineteen ninety. So obviously, it's been a very long time since they made any kind years. of change. Thirty any kind years. of thirty years. Any kind of real changes uh, to the to the to the playoff system, but I just don't like the simple fact of you have a number one seed they get the they get the they get the buy, but the number two seed for all these years has mm-hmm. always received a second second uh, a buy as well a first round buy as well, and now you throw in another team. So it's kind of like listen, honestly, they didn't if they wanted to expand the playoffs, they didn't have to have another game. Honestly. You just say, all right, another team gets into the playoffs. That's it. Baseball has done it. I'm sure basketball has done well, it. What's the problem with that, though, D? Extended, is extended the games, but you could do it if you wanted to. I'm not saying this the is problem, not issue. No, but the problem with that, though, is when you add the extra team is it's mm-hmm. offset. So you have to take away that second by team so that it's an even number of teams I that are playing. That. I get My that thing, part. Yeah, that's all. That's the reason. Yeah, yeah, I get that part. This go ahead and put in. This put in. This make it eight and eight. Come on, y'all. And if well, NBA, no NBA way. has, I, NBA know, has it, NHL has it. Go ahead, and make it eight disagree. and eight. You want to make money? Go ahead, and put another team in. Get that second. Get that team who all these years you've been that second round, that second, the second seed team, and getting that first round by. Right before you like, jump in, real quick, you having that. The only problem with that, D, is that's two teams that would have had gotten a bye that has to play another game. You're basically saying the whole league would have to play another game. That's to me again. I, I care. Look, I care about these NFL players. I do too. You know what I'm saying? I'm, saying, I'm not saying you don't. I'm not. I'm not trying to infer. I'm not trying to infer you don't. But it's like again, I'm fine. Like, dude, to be honest with you, I'll tell you what will bother me more. But I will still go for it. I remember when there were two buys. If you even want to keep it 16 and go to two buys, I'll be fine because at least I know those players are rest. But Ryan, you had yeah. something to say before I cut you off. Yeah. Yeah, I, I actually kind of dig this format for a few reasons. Mm-hmm. I'm with you with the 17th game and players going through the rigmarole of the season. That's going to be tough. Very but the tough. players also voted for that to go in. So that was also somewhat by their choice. And now moving forward, this is the reality that we get. And to me, adding the extra playoff team per conference, that's a good idea. But I would stop there. I don't want half the league in the playoffs. I like Why where not? it's – Why not? Because I, I, I don't like, I don't like eight, I eight, seven, and eight teams making it, especially in the NFC East. But we've seen and over the, deep, we've seen deep, teams deep. do that though. What's up? You said you wanted eight teams, then no one gets a bye. Everyone's gonna have to play in the first round. Says who? Well, how are you gonna do it? You're gonna do how many buys? Four buys? No, 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 no. You just go back to where it was. The first two teams, the number one seed and number two seed, they get the first round by. So you, That's it. You're going to have six teams playing each other? Yes. Yeah. See, I don't know. To me, then, that's a lot more extra games. Yeah, it's totally it's different. Too hey, women, don't and whole, it's too many sucker teams in there. And one other thing, too. More football. All right, fine. Give them no, we game. don't. No, actually, whoa, whoa, whoa. we don't. The owners want more money. That's two it. more things. Two What's things. Up? What's up? And then I'll be done. Yeah, yeah. The wild card weekend, arguably the best weekend in sports. Just got two extra games. So you're going to have all day Saturday, all day Sunday. That's going to be Very an true. epic weekend that Very all true. of us are going to look back on and say, damn. And then the final thing I'll say, what has been the big argument versus college football, 
compared to the NFL, it's always the regular season matters more. It means something. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think the regular season means so much more now in football. I, even though you get an extra playoff spot, I disagree. One bye. That one bye with. to fight for. Let that me play all, And the only thing that's proven to get you to the Super Bowl of late is getting a bye week in the playoffs. So I let me play devil's that, advocate. Let me play, because you still can be right, but I'll play, if we're like really ESPN, I'll play devil's advocate to the situation. I slightly disagree because you still, think about the 49ers and the Packers in the playoffs, I mean, in the regular season, this game, and how it was like the Saints year. this past year. Like, that team's play for the second bye. Like, the, the, the second bye now, like, teams, are, teams go out. But it's not the there second. anymore. Okay, agreed. But all those teams that are already in the playoffs, they don't need to necessarily play unless they're afraid of seeding. Now, yeah, you get a sucker team like the the Cowboys this year or the Eagles that are planning to get in, but the mid-teams are in already. So at least you had like the top three teams in each conference playing for the second bye. That's negated now. Like you, you damn near once that that once that top team gets to a number of games that you cannot pass them, you can start relaxing. As long as you yeah, have enough wins right. to get in the playoffs. If you have a great team and don't care, as long as you have enough wins to get into the playoffs and you're not going to get the one seed, you can start resting players. Well, one thing to that's that you just pointed out, now that you're a two seed and you have to play in the first round, you want the easiest matchup. Last year, if there was a seven team, it would have been the Steelers in the AFC and on the NFC, the Rams. You would have much rather play one of those two teams if you were the two seed in two either seed. conference yeah. versus playing maybe the Minnesota Vikings or like the Tennessee Titans. True. So you would want to. But still get let me ask you this: What if the two teams at the bottom? There's not much of a difference, though. Like That's I agree true. with you. Like, but the, you're still getting the third worst team. It's, yeah, but if the two teams paper. at the bottom, it's not a great difference, and it's more important because you feel like our like. Let's think about Bill Belichick again. Now he's going to play Tom Brady, but just think about coaches where look, we're set. We have the whip. Think about Andy Reid with Mahomes. If they keep enough of those players, dude. If but, if I'm not if I don't have the first seed. It doesn't matter damn near where but, I but fall. You know what, I think I, I have a better team. As long as I have – now, I'll say this. As long as you have to come through my stadium, that may be something. We know the Saints, that's always something big with the Saints. It's always yeah. big with a lot of teams. But yeah, yeah. due to Drew Brees and, and now his arm quality and his age, you definitely want to come through there rather than go on the road. But for the most part, depending on how great you are, you may just be like, man, it is what it is. Now, again, I, I said I let with sure. I was playing a little bit of devil's advocate, but I, I think it can go both ways when it comes to that. So I don't necessarily think because we have sucker teams at the bottom now playing to get in. Like, they're not going to be a lot of uh, New York Giants. I, I like, want to see. I that's see. Out, they were outlier, those, those two were, runs. Sure. They were. But and I want to – But I, I definitely – and the Steelers. But I definitely want to see – because for, let's not forget that momentum plays a big part in sports, right? So mm-hmm. you have that team come in, a la, as you just said, there's very small cases of a New York Giants. But you don't want to play a team when they're hot. I mean, you just – you have a team that maybe get the seven seed over the last couple of the games. They've been rolling. So now you got the number two seed, you got to play the number seven seed, and they're feeling good about themselves. They can still be taken out. It is still football. Yes, they are, a, they are not as – projected to be or record-wise good as a second uh, a second seed in the, in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But things can't happen in the NFL. It is, Which it is any given Sunday. But given, like, just this past season in the AFC, the hot team was the Titans. Mm-hmm. And when it came to it, yeah, you didn't really want – listen, if, if the Baltimore didn't play the Titans, Baltimore goes further in the playoffs. 
But a team like Kansas City, yeah, the Titans gave him a little bit of rap, but it was like, dude, we were Kansas City. Yeah, but it was, just a, it was a year they had Patrick Mahomes. Again, that's the, point that, that's the only thing I'm just saying. That the, the, the top tier, the top tier teams, it's not going to really make as, as a big of a deal as what I think. And again, we're going to get some years where it's going to be kind of cool with that bottom wild card that's eight and eight and seven and nine mm-hmm. goes all the way. There's going to be a year where that that team it's goes to happen. the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's, it's going to happen. Oh yeah. Some, it's but still, it's just like it was. It was un- we were, none of us were sitting around like dog. You know what we need. Oh, it's all about football. money. So how more. many times in life do you not think you need something, and then when you have it, you need it? Oh, people are love this. <laughs> hey, remember, talk to me after Wild Card Weekend, Ken. <laughs> I don't know because to me, I, to me, I see some suck ass Wild Cards games going on where it's like, damn, that was a blowout. It might happen. I mean, but think about how many people are talking about the college football playoff. They're like, oh, I mean, you know, a lot right. of people was kind of against that, and then it, you point, got it. It's like, oh, this. I wasn't. No, no, no. I always wanted it. I wasn't. I that would have been beautiful. to me back when we were shorties when it was like what, like. um, was it UFC? What 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 team? USC. Was it was yeah? Was it USC and Michigan? What team was that? Was right with for with Charles Woodson? Yeah, like dude. No, no, no. no. I've right. always been like, listen. At least let them play. You know what I'm saying? Right. They gave it to at least four teams doing it. It makes sense. If they expanded to eight, and again, going to what Ryan said earlier about how people try to overvalidate the regular season in college mm-hmm. football, I'm not trying to diss it. I'm just still even saying, like, for instance, if I was a college kid, dude, I need a week off. Y'all aren't even paying me. Right. So if we come in, we're not pros and we have a bad week, don't tell me my season is over. Give me a chance to get into the playoffs and let us get this. Mm-hmm. I'm a kid, mm-hmm. right? Like, don't sit there and have a much more- time ever being able to win a chance. Exactly. Don't have more stringent. It shouldn't be more stringent and I'm not even a professional. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, ah, you cheap labor, you get nothing. No, 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 no. Give me more opportunities because I'm a kid. Now, if those fans that want to sit there and go with the try hard stuff, want to do all that, they're not, they have no skin in the game, no, dog. No, no. All, they're, like, all they're doing is being entertained. Exactly. You're not taking, you're not, listen, outside of how it can degrade your body, you're not putting in the whole training regimen and everything they have to give up. Dog, you always talk about being in Northern and being around the football players. Yeah. You, dog, you know their summers are oh, done. Crazy. crazy. They don't have something like these kids. And you got a free education. Yeah. These kids that help these TV contracts that these uh, conferences have, they are regular workers throughout the year, basically, and they may get at least three and a half weeks where maybe they can see their family. And if they really want to grind and keep their position or to become a starter or greater, how, they don't even get the same amount of off time. I barely saw my buddies that was on the playoff. I mean, that was on the football team uh, doing summer break. We out kicking and having a good time. We might mm-hmm. see them at a party once in a while, but that's because they got away from practice that day or something like mm-hmm. that. You know, say so they didn't have practice, so they was able to get out a little bit. Uh, but no, no, you're hundred percent right. You're hundred percent right on that one. So college football is a different beast, but. I, I I don't know. I think Ryan might be right. You know, saying once we get it, once we get that uh, that one hit, I don't think Ryan. Yeah, I don't. No, 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 no. I don't. Well, this, I most think it'll. I think it'll be an ebb and a flow. But for the most part, Ryan is right. More we are we're consumers. More is better. But when the years where that 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 seventh team is trash. People are really going to harp on what the hell is going on. You know what? It might be like how Thursday night football first started. 
Because a lot of people was like, man, this is terrible. Eventually, over the years, Thursday Night Football. It was this season, bro. It wasn't. It was, it was, it was just this season? It was just this season. Like, yeah. Yeah. No, that's what last I mean. This season. past season. No, no, where... I was talking about the season before that. It was, it was decent. Yeah. This yeah, year, yeah, this year the they had more flexibility. Yeah. You say what? The first yeah, year with Fox when they paid. This year was more flexible. I think this year there was no, there were still complaints because we still got to talk about coming off of 2016 and the election and how that suppressed NFL ratings. That there were still uh, bad Thursday night games the season before this last season. I think this last season because I believe they gave they, there might have been a little bit more flexibility involved. Mm-hmm. This season was better, but for the look, but for the most part, because teams are so beat up. Like, the fact that Thursday night teams that play Thursday night games don't either have a bye before that game. Or after. Which they should. But, but the bye is better before because yeah, if you played that weekend, you only get those few days. But a bye before, or like you just said, at least after, let you know the NFL don't care about nothing. Oh, yeah. You're 100% right about that. They don't care about them guys. All right. My off top. Off the top. So, I got a question for ESPN. When are you guys going to drop off at least a billion dollars to Michael Jordan? Because y'all have been reaping this fruit for so damn long since the 90s that all I watch today is the best highlights of Michael Jordan. And y'all have been running these bad boys. And we're going to get into the last dance being uh, uh, brought up earlier in the April rather than when it pushed up. Thank you, D. Pushed up earlier. But listen, this goes to LeBron James too because they're going to do the same thing and they already do it to LeBron during his career like they did it to Jordan. But it just points out how programmers live off of a play. Like Michael Jordan has reaped no money. Of course, it's probably provided more advertisements. But no money from ESPN, and ESPN has been living off of him since they they became ESPN. And it's like, dude, how can you just keep like when we talk about the NCAA just taking right? They just I'm, I'm not giving you nothing. ESPN does the same thing with MJ. Listen, they lead off if they don't have any news. They the argument is LeBron and MJ, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was the same thing when it was Michael and Kobe. If it's what we got, okay, go to the greatest debate, right? Like it, it just gets to the point where it's like, damn. And again, Michael Jordan's a billionaire, but still, when you think about how much more money he's earned for other people rather than himself, it's somewhat sad. Now, again, I apply that to LeBron James because he's the only player, even above Kobe, to a certain degree. Because and it's not a knock on Kobe and his greatness, but there were there were. A lot of great, a lot more great players during Kobe's top reign than there were during LeBron's. Now, during LeBron's end, there are a lot more great players. But there were some years where a half of the conference, at least, LeBron was carrying. But you, you needed LeBron to be there, just like we saw when Jordan left and the NBA's ratings in the finals and stuff went down or whatever. You know, like LeBron's like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And again, yeah, I mean, I'm not putting that on Kobe as a player. I'm putting it on Kobe as far as the NBA was strong and that there was there was enough teams to necessarily watch. Where it, sometimes it wasn't bad. I think perhaps when uh, I think perhaps there were some some years where the Lakers didn't make the finals and the ratings were down. But still, my point is the fact that I feel like ESPN owes Michael Jordan a debt of gratitude because it is a lot of ways that he's carried them, especially when you have a debate format and you're looking for content that it was an easy go-to to go to MJ versus anybody. Um, now, I would say this. I agree with you. But if Michael Jordan wasn't reaping any kind of benefits on the back end, not back end, but from a different kind of way, he's a fool. He could definitely just buy a stock in Disney 
Disney owns ESPN. Whoa, so no, that's not I agree the same, with, bro. No, no, no. I, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. I need that. I need that off top. Not I gotta pay you to get mine. I need that off top. I'm just that's saying. like that's like this. Is what you just said again, and this is gonna be this is this is gonna be preposterous. What I say? Okay, what's what right. is it? That's like an indentured servant. No. It's like, man, let me finish. Let me finish. You gotta buy into you gotta buy into the house and the plantation. You right? gotta like, buy in, you gotta get stock. It's like no, out, no, no. I'm just to work. But let coming, me get mine. But coming, I get I agree with you. Yes, they have lived off of Michael Jordan like in nobody's business between the NBA and a whole host of other entities, yes, has profited a lot off the Michael off of Michael Jordan's likeness. All I'm trying to say is I hope he had some stock in Disney. I, I hope he bought it. I will hope he bought it a long time ago, and right. now it's appreciated. And he's coming hey, something good. That's I, the only thing I, I'm saying. Listen, I mess with money. you. I mess with you pretty hard, bro. Yeah. Let's uh, let you <laughs> prop up a business and then have to buy into that business to get your work. You know that what that equivalent is? That's the equivalent of people being like, "Yeah, you know what." Uh, the Bulls offered Jordan this, and Jordan was like, yeah, but guess what? That team's not going to be as worth as much when I'm not on it. Now, mm-hmm. we know how the NBA's uh, team prices have risen, that yeah, it would have been a good thing. But yeah. at that point, they weren't rising like that. Right. So, But still, like, it, 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 no, it, when I put in sweat equity for free, and it's not, like, it's not even like this is the NBA, because in a way you could say, man, the whole NBA owes him a debt of gratitude again. Absolutely. People that think it's generational. I'm saying the same thing for LeBron. That's all I'm trying to say. Mm. I said, oh, NBA owes him something. No, no, that's not what I'm saying. There are certain outliers that carry Jordan, not Jordan, Magic and Bird, and Kareem. And that's another, you know what? I got another hot take after this one. Oh, Thinking about it. We right. So, okay, this is my next hot take. Okay. It is ridiculous that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Abdul-Jabbar or Lou Alcindor, as he is in the NBA's greatest college player contest, is out of the contest. All right. Right now, it's down to MJ and Larry Bird, and neither of them are the greatest college basketball players. Ever. Oh, absolutely not. No. All right. We're talking. Oh. First of all, it should be Lou Alcindor and Bill Walton. But this is. Let's also go to this. These players play. Uh, real quick, Ken. Wouldn't yeah. you say Larry Bird has a better career collegially than Michael Jordan? Yes, I would. Has that no, championship? no. I was going to get to that, Ryan. He's a better college player than Michael Jordan was, but he's not the greatest college player of all. And right. He's not in the right. top four. I'm with you. Right. That's the thing. It's not, I, I totally – Jordan was player of the year. He hit the shot. Jordan was on James Worthy's team with Sam mm-hmm. Perkins. Right. That's right. And again, right. anybody that goes through, well, that's before my time, this is before our time. It's just this fact that we yeah. enjoy sports and these are the things that we study. I never saw Lou Alcindor play. I saw old Cap with the goggles, goggles. on. Like, the but I know that they changed the rules for him. And we can even go to somebody like Will. We can go to somebody like Oscar Robinson. We can go to somebody like Pete Maravich. Like, dude. And also Christian Leitner. Like, that's a player Magic that... Johnson. Yeah. Hey, I was going to say, too. Magic and Bird were better college players because, one, they were the focus of their offenses than Michael Jordan. And Magic, like with this, the, and Magic was in college for two years, right? When he only three. He was in three. And he beat Larry Bird for a time. Larry was four, but Larry, I believe, got drafted by the Celtics in his, his junior year. He did. Yeah, I thought, okay. Now I need to check right. on that. I thought Magic only played two years. But go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I think Magic played three. I think yeah. really, um, really out of those key players, I think Isaiah was the first one to get a hardship and come out after his sophomore year. And now it was looked at as being like, damn, you right. a sophomore coming out of college or whatever. While his mom's is living in the Henry Horner homes or whatever. 
But still, that's really my take when, like, again, I'm happy that at least people are trying to go back. But, like, really go back. Like, look at the numbers. And these players stayed in college for four years. You know what I'm saying? Like, look at the teams that were on and the talent that surrounded them. Look at if they had to be the man or if they sometimes had to be the man. Like, and it has nothing to do with your favorite player. Clearly, all of our favorite players, I believe, is Michael Jordan. Mm. So, I'm not – I should cape for Mike. But Mike isn't the greatest college player of all time. This is ridiculous. Well, case in point to an old question. Yeah. Who's the only person to keep Michael Jordan from averaging 20 points a game? That would be his head coach in college, uh, Dean Smith. Thank you. All right. That, that joke is for a reason when you think about it with the four corners. Like, yeah. so just study your ish is all I'm just really trying to say. Man. I'm happy that people aren't being uh, recency biased all the way recency, but it's still for us old heads recency bias. Yeah. Magic Johnson was in college from 77 to 79. Yeah. So he played three seasons. 77, 78, 78, 79, 79. Nope. I don't know. No, no. 70, 77, 78, 78, 79. He was only there for two years. He got drafted by the Lakers' uh, first overall pick in 1979. So he only did two years. Yeah, sure. Do you, see yeah, this, do you looking, have the stats I'm, for the seasons? Uh, I'm looking at Wiki right now. No, nah, go to reference. Um, okay. All right. We can check it out. We don't be taking what out, I'm no, saying no. is uh, Magic Johnson had 17 points, 7.9 rebounds, 7.4 assists his freshman year, and then sophomore year, his last year. Yeah. 17.1, 7.6. So you're right. I apologize. Yeah, yeah. It was only, I thought he was only there for two years. He was there for two you're years, right. and, then, and then Larry did all four, but he was drafted by the Celtics his junior yeah. year. Red Alba got know. him yeah. through a trade. He traded to get him in his junior year. The NBA draft back in the day was very weird. It was it was a lot different than what you're seeing uh, right now. But no, if you're talking about greatest greatest college basketball players, yeah, it probably would have to be Bill Walton or Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Those have to be. I think it's Kareem too. But you they could argue for, that you they could argue for UCLA. They both yeah, played for but, John Wooden. You know, yeah, but it, it, I think it's Kareem. But you could argue. also remember Bill Walton's coming into the UCA program that Kareem shot over the top. Mm-hmm. Like, think about, like, so they're getting better recruits around that star player when Walton's there than when – because now they're a top team. But, of course, now we didn't grow up – I mean, I can barely remember clips of Bill Walton with the Celtics, but, like, we all know if his ankles weren't fused, you know he was, like, American Arvidas Sabonis, basically. You know what I'm saying? His, like, his, man, but you, even when you see the highlights, you can see like I, was I get, I, I get why they say that about yeah. him. But like those two, and also going back, and this is the funny thing to let you know of recency bias. And again, it's old folks' recency bias. This was that was big man game. That that's what the game was built off of. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And even if you're going to go small man, like Pete Maravich, like again, what are we? I think you should have a national title. I think that's important, but. Also, it depends on just how cold you were. But, man, if you look at Pete Maravich's college numbers at LSU, they were effing ridiculous. Yeah, without a three-point shot, too. Good point. The man was scoring like crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of NBA. It's a lot of uh, NBA players, former NBA players, some greats. They, they college years. You look back out, may, maybe they didn't even have a great NBA, I mean, a great NBA career. But it doesn't college matter. Years, doesn't matter. Christian Leitner. Christian Leitner. Yeah. yeah. Listen, if Christian Leitner won this – it, it, I would say that those two bigs that we said was clearly better than him, but he was at least in a more modern college basketball with the athletes that, you know, were closer to yeah. what the NBA oh, yeah. became. But like, even like, so again, I'm just, I, I just, stuff like that. I think we should take our time 
and look at the, the stats and try to understand the narrative and not just go with what we think is okay just because that's what we see all the time. Absolutely. What, two, two national championships went to three national championships overall? So Christian Leitner, Christian Leitner. Yeah. He, he went to three and one too, right? Yep. Hey, man, that's crazy. Even back in the 1990s. And think about those two. Crazy you're talking about the 5-5 five, five and UNLV. UNLV. And yeah. he was going up against Shaq, and Shaq would say he bust his ass. And Zoe. Yeah. And Deke. Yeah. He was going to be right. a Yeah, he was. He definitely was. All right. So, all right, we're going to come back, uh, jump into a couple of our, our core little stuff, jump into a little bit of the final, the last dance with ESPN, with the NBA, and also we want to get into what, D? Uh, the NBA playoffs, possibly playoff change, right? Yep. All right. Well, come on back. More Dean Davis Show. What's up, everybody? It's Cameron Smith from CBS 2 Chicago. You're listening to the D and Davis Show. My biggest challenge is us. I am cursed with this mentality of competitiveness. Competition was an addiction. Every day was a battle. Dennis, get up here. Boom. Here and see Dennis for 48 hours. No matter what we did, it seemed like it was a story. Scotty was being selfish. When the trust is broken, it's sort of shocking. I never hated Scotty. Six championships in eight years. We were the greatest team ever. What time is it? I'm gonna ridicule you until you get on the same level with me. man gonna free me. It was his team. My mentality was to go out and win at any cost. D and Davis show. We are back. All right. Just want to go ahead and uh, talk a little NBA. No, obviously, there's no exciting news. Yeah, it's no NBA games, but we have a little news coming out that Ryan dropped on us. Ryan, what you got for us? Well, we have an update as fans have been begging and pleading with ESPN and Disney to put out the uh, Last Dance documentary. Yeah, that features the Chicago Bulls dynasty and specifically the 1997-98 season where they won their final championship, and it has been moved up to April 19th. When was it supposed to come out? In June? When was it supposed to come out at first? I believe June. It might be July, though. It, it might was, have been Yeah, it was, it was in the summer, but it was going to be after the season. Just more right. content, just placing right. it there. Right. Um, but no, I mean, listen. I think, yeah, I think they were trying to ride the NBA Finals wave Good of point. ratings. Yeah. Probably Good point. Good point. And also, that gap between the Finals and the, the, the draft. The draft. It yeah. kind of keeps us. The NBA's been doing, again, props to LeBron since the decision having their off season basically be a wave into the regular season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Listen, I I'm ecstatic about this. It blew up over Twitter when it was announced that they was going to move it up. Uh, I think people have been calling it for a long time. Like, man, listen, just put it, please put it out. Let's see something. It was it, because well, especially everybody, now everybody knew that they had it. So it's like, dude, I don't want to do. I saw on ESPN. It might've been ESPN. It's probably ESPN too, but I know they brought them back. They brought them back to Ocho. I saw that was like for the weekend, like one. Day I know, before. but wait a minute, hold on. I yeah. saw competitive rock skipping. But well, also break down the old show. So well, the old show was always was like from like dodgeball. Yeah, weird it was a joke, weird joke from dodgeball. But really, the old show is um, backyard wild, sports. It's wild. It's the wild world of sports that used to come on ABC. Yeah, I mean, rock back skipping. in the eighties and seventies, that's what the old show really is. Before sports went down, they did have they 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 showed uh, bags tournaments and what well, they had cornholes. Uh, cornholes. They did. The, now they yeah. did the Johnsonville cornhole. They did that. We call them bags yeah. here in Chicago, but cornhole. Yes, but I mean, people here in Chicago though, we play it so. But that, I think they kind of grab a lot of people, people attention uh, to that. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's run uh, that back real quick. What's up? People where in Chicago play cornhole. Dude, 
everybody didn't play cornhole, man. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, I'm just asking. Culturally. To no, be, no, to do no, 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 no. This is a point I'm trying to make. I'm not what saying that I've never played cornhole. Okay. I'm just talking about where it is played. For instance, I grew up in Inglewood too. Do you yep. know what was played in Inglewood? What was played in Inglewood? Horseshoes. Yes. On my corner on 63rd and Aberdeen, or 61st rather, mm-hmm. those old cats in the corner lot would throw yeah. a horseshoe. We play horseshoe. I had- but nobody wasn't pulling out cornhole boxes no. in the hood no. Black to folks- throw cornhole boxes. <laughs> Listen, That's the really- point that I'm trying to make when yeah, you say yeah, yeah. Chicago. Like, yeah. like, set it up properly. But no, no, no. Everybody didn't play it, but does play. But yeah. we, like, don't go to family reunions and be like, break out the cornhole. Listen. I've been, to, I've been to many of family reunions and people, they do break out. They get the own little... Wait, own many little family reunions. Yes. Have you been to, Wait, is this yes. your family reunion? Do you no, go to I'm a lot of other people's... So I've you go... I've you regularly go to other family reunions regularly. I, not other people's. You sound I mean, like you're saying no, that no, no. you are Tupac and Poetic See, Justice. I'm you, you are an entrelopper when it comes to other I family reunions. Been, regularly. I have been to friends' family reunions because, yes, you do. You go get you a plate. Shout okay. Pac. And Shout what friends, a, what friends were normal, these? Normal for graduation parties, family reunions. Bags are always um, in the suburbs. I'm not going to push. Always I'm not gonna push, out here. I'm not going to push. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not on suburbs. <laughs> not to say we don't play them. Like when yeah, we, we see it, we like, oh yeah, it's on. Yeah. But like that game for us is usually horseshoes. Which again, with the old timers, I was like, dude, and they were like, when I was in the them old cats were serious about some horseshoes. My grandfather had a set of horseshoes, spikes and horseshoes. That's what I'm saying. The in spikes the and spikes, everything. I could play horseshoes. I remember this is going so off topic. We're gonna come back to the Jordan. <laughs> I remember going to. Please I, do. Yes, I, I, I no. I have to take us off topic because in this, in this sports world, we need more. We're talking about the old show when we have the last dance. <laughs> real quick. I remember going to the Force Preserve and they had horseshoe boxes already set up for you. So obviously, yes, people did definitely play horseshoes. But say what we were playing, D. Say what we were playing, D. We were playing horseshoes. All right. But now, over the past probably like 10, 15, probably 20 years, people play bags. But back to Michael Jordan in the documentary. Listen, everybody knew that they had it in the vault. So it's kind of like, man, we have nothing. Give us something. And it finally they heard the no, people. Yeah, they, they they must have, man, because Twitter for a while was like, man, go ahead and put this documentary out. I'm tired of seeing Stephen A. Smith and Max Callum argue about this. I'm tired of seeing these old ass games nobody even really cared about. Yeah, they're nostalgic for a little bit. Not the while. Oh no. You have fresh content just sitting in the back. Go ahead and bring it out for everybody and let everybody rock with it. So, man, listen. It blew up over Twitter, and I know so many people, especially here in Chicago, are thrilled that this documentary, the Last Dance documentary, is coming out. Um, I, I would have been cool if it, they held on to it, but Ooh, I realized the follies really? of my... No, but this is the thing. Okay. If there's a chance the NBA is going to return, it's going to return during the time period where that would have ran. So you would have already... You would have had the NBA returning and the playoffs or whatever and then this running, which, as you alluded to earlier, that this was supposed to be the stopgap between the NBA ending in the finals and perhaps the, the, the draft or whatever. Yeah. You know, also, let's not forget going into the Olympics and whatever dream team this was this year. You know what I'm saying? Like, so now that, 
now that the summertime looks like the only time that the NBA, if it will resume, will take place, it makes sense to shift this. But that's the only reason that I'm okay with it, because I was okay with it. Listen, I'll be honest with you. Anything that has to do with Mike, and it's funny that ESPN is living off of him right now in this break, but because I feel like the last dance implies this is like the last time we were really going to honor this team, mm-hmm. and that team and his legacy, again, with Scottie Pippen and Phil Jackson at that time, should always be honored for what it meant to commercialism of the NBA. Like this sports. Was- yeah, this was yeah. this Pop was culture, Magic and John, Magic Johnson and Larry Bird took um uh what was that movie with uh damn I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm messing up. The what fish, was the, the Damon Wayne? No, no. What was the Damon Wayne's Jr. movie where he was fighting Celtic her? Pride? No, no, no. It was Celtic Pride. He was a boxer <laughs> and uh, uh Great um, White Hope, the yeah. Last Boy Scout. Yeah, the Great White Hope. So, for instance. Larry Bird and Magic Johnson are the great right hope. Like, people don't really like to say it, but that's just the truth of the matter. You know what I'm saying? It was, but it was bigger than that because Larry Bird was an all-time great NBA player. So I'm not trying to detract from that, but it still was this black guy versus white guy, and they're both sweet. You know what I'm saying? Dynamic. Where and it was the NBA holding on to the fact. I mean, NBA used to used to regulate the amount of black players that you can have on your team. You know what I'm saying? Like. Mm -hmm. That was a thing. But Jordan and the Bulls era was the first time, even though the Bulls used to love, quote and comment, Bulls got too many white guys. Bulls used to love putting some white guys on their team. We'd be like, damn, we got six white guys on this team. It's 90-something. It's like, damn. <laughs> you just traded Bush Luke. Jason Kathy. But the point that I'm trying to make is, it was the first time that it was black to a certain degree. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't, you had to have, uh, even if depending on how you look on this, this protagonist and antagonist or just whatever, it, you didn't need to have that depending on how you looked at it racially, but it was the first time that it was okay that this was a predominantly black league, mm-hmm. which hurt them before bird and magic took them out of tape delay in the late seventies, early eighties until being a more prominent team. So when getting back to what I was trying to say with Jordan and the last dance, it's like, yeah, we finally gonna get this over. And it's just like, it's so many things, especially now that we live in a world where we delve into stuff that you can go into even the earth. The, like somebody should do something on the eighties bulls team before they was great. Right. Before Mike really wanted to get a ball up. All right, that'd just be more so a documentary on Michael Jordan. Yeah, but, but guess what? There's nothing wrong with that. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, but we've I'm, seen I'm, Michael Jordan. Again, but, no, no. But I'm talking about in that era. Like, when, we, when we're searching for content all the time, like, we're looking for content all the time now. Mm-hmm. Like, we, we know journalists. You usually have an angle on what you want to sit there and narrate. It's, and, like, so, again, I'm just saying, like, I didn't feel like this had to be the end. But since it seemed suggested that it was, that I was a little bit hesitant on it because it's been such a key point in my life that I didn't necessarily want. It didn't have to be like that. I feel like you can delve into the subject more. And also when you really look at it, it's my last point. When you really look at it and they try to say it's the last dance, but they go through him playing baseball. They go through the impact he had. So it's not they like go the he, dynasty. That's it's about more than that, but you're saying that it's about this. So really, those other chapters, you're not giving necessarily, and I haven't seen it, the proper credence to necessarily. And this is so big, and we live in a society where you can do that. That's my only point. Yeah, Ryan, what do you think about? Well, uh, I wanted to ask you guys. So knowing that it's coming out, yeah. what's the number one thing you're looking forward to seeing in the documentary? 
You know what I really want to see? The prob- obviously Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen uh, were the two focal heads on the team on the court, right? But during that last dance, man, obviously having Dennis Rodman a part don't of that get, team. Don't forget Tony. No, 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 no. But I, I love Tony. No, but I'm just talking don't about Tony. Dennis Rodman because yeah. off of his off of his thirty for thirty, that was fabulous, right? But obviously, that went over the course of his life. I really want to see Dennis Rodman during that last period because everyone knew that this was going to be a quote-unquote last dance, right? Yeah, that's what. I'm watching the new um, Young Ma videos on, and it's just like, all right. Oh. Sorry, it has nothing to do with you, sir. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) Nothing at all. Like, Dennis Rodman, man, what that dude? No. No. So I really really want to see how he – uh, kind of not so much interacted with the team because that's but what we know Rod- that though. But that's what, but, I, but, I, but I'm just saying, he did. I'm just saying, he did. listen, off the court, he didn't. Wait a minute, but I'm wanna, just saying, but we know historically, we know that. I want to see, I want to see how I want to see the back, the back behind the scenes story of it because Dennis Rodman went from obviously a star to a mega star on this Bulls team. I want to uh, see the match. He was cracking. He was. Cr- it, it definitely. It, it it definitely improved it. He was cracking that with Madonna. When he got with Madonna, he was cracking but, that. But that, was, but that was with the Bulls. And again, right? I mean, no, it was. But that before. was Antonio. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But like but when then, he got, think about think about that. Okay, D, give you a case in point. What think about? And again, most of the people don't know what David Robinson meant to San Antonio. Okay, San Antonio for at least two or three years would have like. The second half of the season, they may have 35 games. They would finish with, like, due to David Robinson primarily and John Lucas Sr., they would finish, like, 60 games. They would always go off in the second half of the season, right? Okay. So they were, they were already a good team in general. And Dennis Rodman going there was huge. And that was, was. a nobody market in San Antonio. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the only point that I'm trying to like. That lets you know how big Dennis Rodman was oh, already. I'm not saying, I'm not saying. That's all I'm trying to say. But, yeah, yeah. and again, I'm not saying that the Bulls didn't take him to another height. If he went, went, to, another, if he went, went to another team, it still wouldn't have been the same. But I feel like we've gone, like, we, we like even when it was going on, we kind of went through. We know that those three players, when it comes to Pippen, Jordan, and Rodman, mm-hmm. went their separate ways after the game. Yeah. That they weren't really together. But you're talking about, but you're talking about the details. Yeah, we know about those. So it's like, again, not, so how. Okay, well, that, how might, that, might not, that might not be what you want to see. I want to see how he, this last year, they knew they knew that was going out and just behind the scenes of what was happening with him. Because a lot of it is going to be like behind the scenes stuff that we've never seen before, right? I just like to see because I, yeah. I find Dennis Rodman a very fascinating character and person, right? Sad character. That too. That too. Yeah, but it's, it's all. It's all. A at part, that time, they was probably tired of it. Tired of it. Well, clear. Uh, at that time. At that hey. time. I, so let me revisit. Going back to what Ryan said. At that time, it seemed like the Bulls. And again, if they would have brought that team back during the '98 strike shortened season. They maybe 99. they would have brought the uh, brought uh, is it was it ninety eight ninety nine, yeah ninety eight ninety nine yeah that's what I'm saying that's easy, so, that's easy. so if they would have brought him back it seems like there's a chance that maybe they wouldn't have and also real talk Robin was straight but Robin wasn't great at that point you know like yeah, yeah. he definitely it, it was a he definitely, career. 
he definitely helped against bigger guys than him. Like, mm-hmm. the good thing about Robin when he was old for the Bulls, because perimeter-wise, he wasn't being able to stop anything. But being a plug against huge players like Alonzo Mourning, he tried it with Malone. Malone didn't allow it. Shaq. Mm-hmm. Like, he used to be able to play D5 up and frustrate the hell out of those traditional threes. I mean, fives. But he wasn't the same guy when it came to being a guy that could get on a Scottie Pippen early in his career and play a four. Oh, yeah, that was over by then. He wasn't the same dude. So it's, it's some of it's a little bit of hype. And we also know how he was somewhat pat his re- rebounding stats. Again, I'm not yeah. dissing what Rodman did. I just feel like, and, and me, I know most of the narrative about the relationship between Rodman, Jordan, and Pippen. But remember, where lot, I don't need a new emphasis on that part of the story. That's but, just me. But, but, Again, yeah, that's just me. Yeah, but, but, I mean, but, good, we're, uh, but here, we're here in Chicago. We're going to know those intricate details. That's true. That's true. Our, our age, that's a great point. Yeah, that's a great age, point. That's a great point. With it. So our, reporters, our reporters, our reporters growing people up. That we, people that we know personally who yeah. covered those teams and we've had, we've heard stories about yeah. that team before. So, yeah. Yeah, you and I are definitely going to understand or kind of know those details. And a lot of stuff we might see on here. A lot of people in Chicago. A lot of people in Chicago. But I mean, but for this generation, I'm so Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, that's a good point. I want to see how I want to see how they react to this dude during that time. It's going to be like, man, this. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Yeah. And you got to remember, too, that a film crew was with them that entire season. So Mm -hmm. to Dee's point earlier, there's going to be a ton of behind the scenes footage. That might be just a good scene where even though you know the story of the three of them, maybe you see some scenes of stuff that you never saw and you think, man, that's different. It changes yeah. my perspective a little bit. Yeah. Little, but what little, are you looking forward to, Cam? Little, little Nas X has a thriller type song? I don't know. This what are you bad. watching, YouTube or MTV? I gotta be what are you paying attention <laughs> and what do you want to watch from this documentary? <laughs> Tired of this uh, silly topic. You know what? I, I really want to know more about the 80s times that I don't know. You know, I was young. I wasn't, I didn't become, I didn't really become a hardcore Bulls fan till the first or second time the Pistons kicked their butt. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like that's when I've talked about on the show before where I remember crying. Remember, like uh, my stepfather, quote unquote, not really my stepfather, but I called my step pops. I remember that being on, and I remember like it affected me because it's like, damn, we lost to them again. And it was like we all knew at that point, maybe it was hype, but it was like Jordan was the best player in the NBA. You know, what I'm saying and arguably he was the greatest player. And that was the beginning of him being arguably the greatest player, where it can kind of be factual. You know, because he has the wins to actually go, if he, you know, get into the Pistons. Stats. Yeah, because prior to Jordan, a scoring champ, his team didn't, they weren't contenders because you shouldn't be able to score that many points and be on a contending team because that's not the way basketball worked. Michael Jordan kind of broke the wheel on how basketball mm-hmm. worked. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Traditionally, Oscar, Robin, Oscar Robinson would let you know about that at any point. <laughs> but um, that's not that, like, that's what I kind of really like. And I'm happy they're going. I want to, like, I want to see, I want these kids to see 80s Jordan. You know what I'm saying? Like, not like the best Jordan is the first three P. Like that's where his athleticism, his skill, and his athleticism yeah. were kind of almost his his. He didn't have to turn around as as well, mm-hmm. but his skill and his athleticism were here, where it was like, whoa, this is freaky, 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 like that. But see, it's also crazy because the three P for him not to be as freaky, he came back and led the league in score. It's funny that. They let him lead the league in scoring. Like all you had to do was have some young player who was like, "Fuck that, I'm going for mine." 
Right. But, but, like, how many but, stories have we heard young players try that and they, and they fail every time? But this is a crazy point. Even if you look at those years, like Jordan led the league in scoring. One of those years, it made it hit 28, almost 29 point game point games per game. But it was like 20. He wasn't even the same Jordan that was scoring 30. Like when I was a kid, I used to have this thing with like the basketball Bible. Mm-hmm. Dog, there were years where Jordan was averaging like, 33, 34. Dominique was averaging 31. Carmelo was averaging 30. Like, there were years where it was like, if you're not scoring 30, son, I'm going to catch you. Yeah. And it was funny that an old man, Jordan, came back and nobody really, to me, went for it and be like, you know what? Even though Jordan wouldn't have let him, but Jordan just would have been gunning. Because that was the good thing about that second three-feet Jordan. We talked about it before. He'd be like, oh, Mike's just going to go for it. Mike be broke. He'd be like, Mike's shooting tonight. <laughs> like, Mike, Mike is going to gun tonight. Yeah. His scoring average is going to be uh, below 50% because Mike is like, forget it. I'm going for mine. Hey, I want to see how much old basketball do we – I mean, old, like, early 90s, late 80s that we even see within this. Because my understanding, it was it's only going to be 98. I hope they do no, some that's No, it's not. It's not. It's going to go. It's going to be. It's, it's more than that. Okay. All right. Cool. Like that's the, the thing we were saying. Dynasty. It's the, the like, thing, that's, is that last title. Okay. Which is the, the narrative of what you're saying, D, that's what they led us with. But mm-hmm. now that we see the, the the excerpts from it, it's clear that it's more. It's bigger than that. But I, that's my initial point in this. I feel like you can you can cut this up into three different uh, uh, documentaries. You can be early, mid, and end. Like and 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 only reason I say that because of what he meant. And there are I won't even just say it's just like LeBron and uh, Mike. You can you can still do it with with Kobe. There's certain there's plenty of NBA players you can do this with because of what they meant to the league. And I'm going to say plenty. There's at least ten that you can do this with. That I think at this time period and the time and listen with this COVID thing, we're, there are going to be times at least in the next year, year and a half where it may not be as long, but we're going to have breaks. Yeah, I think you can you implement this, and I just feel like sometimes, kind of like a, excuse me, kind of like I felt about the second Batman, mm-hmm. that I didn't feel like you had to do the Joker and Two Face. Mm-hmm. I felt like it could have just been a Joker movie. Like to mm-hmm. me, it was like you just threw Two Face out there. Like you don't have to do that. Take your time and set that up, and also take advantage of that, and you get sponsorship and take more money from it. That just means how I would do it. Yeah. I was going to ask uh, this as well. I don't know. Ken might not have this uh, thought, but I was wondering, are there any questions left unanswered that you hope that this documentary will provide the answers to? Ooh, any questions? Um, you know what? Well, no, I think we kind of know about that too. I was going to, I was going to ask about the relationship with the guys with the front office and how yeah, we, that just, we, 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 know we know that, that but we know that unless I mean, they say have, nicer stuff about Jerry now that he's dead Jerry Krause yeah yeah maybe yeah. Maybe, maybe you know I gotta feel Michael Jordan still don't give a shit but no I think no 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 I no, think no, I'm not saying he's, gonna, he's yeah. not gonna say anything disparaging about him I think Mike is gonna, gonna give he's still gonna give his his like hey this he'll is tell like you him. when he doesn't like for instance I know um, it was something I think it was our boy uh, Adam uh, Rejack yeah uh, sitting Silverstein. there talking about Jack Silverstein was talking about um who was something about like when something happened to the Bulls, who was a little, who, what was the worst loss? It was like, and again, it was like any other player, Corey Blunt, Dickie Simpkins, uh, uh, Jason Caffey. Mm-hmm. And, and it was Jason Caffey, even though I'm a Dickie Simpkins guy. It was Jason Caffey. Dickie Simpkins was, he's average, if not best, but I just like Dickie Simpkins coming out of Providence. 
But it was Caffey because Caffey actually was kind of a decent player at the time, especially being an athletic big that they had, that when they moved him during that, that was like maybe the last title, if it wasn't the second one, that I know messed with Mike. And again, this isn't like Rob Wiggins, his boy, or when it comes to uh, Oakley, you know, but still it's a young player they enjoy. Mm. You know what I'm saying? But so, like... I, like stuff like that, I think Mike would be accurate in saying I didn't care for that if it's mentioned. Yeah, yeah. But I think for the most part, they're going to sit there and validate Jerry for being smart enough to put that team together, and also being smart High enough side, to put, looking at it, putting a second like Jordan and Pippen are the only two players from both three piece. Like, so this isn't like like yeah, Bird's back was messed up and he came back, and at least you still had Mikhail mm-hmm. and and he like he died, but Reggie Lewis. But like, no, no, no. This is like everyone's gone, and I'm implementing a whole different team. And it, it, even with that, because you could say if you're a new GM, yeah, I don't have these old players that don't fit the system of the coach that I have now. You had the same coach and the same GM. And you put a whole different team around those two players and they went on to four, second, three. I think, and this is my last yeah, thing. Yeah, that's, that's fast. You know, the pre, like they won two, three peats. Like that's one thing we are not going to see again in our lifetimes. I'll say that much in the NBA, unless some bomb is dropped. And there's a, a lack of players. You're not going to get a team that wins two, three peaks, period. That's th- if you just think about the improbability of that, it's ridiculous, especially when a guy left the sport to play baseball. I wonder if anything, because we, we're going to bring up the basketball, the baseball thing, his uh, Michael Jordan's uh, time is spent playing baseball. I wonder if, if is anybody going to ask him and you kind of kind of hear this through certain debate or you might hear from a player to kind of like, you know what? What if Mike didn't leave? And I just they won the one eight. They won the one eight. That's a lie. I don't know if they won the one eight. I would love to hear from them. Like, okay, what if what if he didn't leave throughout this time? You and, and you was able to implement a Tony Ku coach. It was better he left. The legacy is better that he left. Hey, I don't like, know. I, I, I'm, I'm, I no, because no, a dude no, left no, to play no, no. another sport came and back came and back won. and won three. Not oh, just no. one. He won. He came back and locked it down again at an older age. The like, story that's is great. Yeah, the would they, would, would, what, how do they feel? Do they, do they think they would have won one? Dude, the, story, needed, the story is great. Listen. The it, Hollywood it, story is written. When Scotty's knees came back to the Bulls, we saw what playing consecutively could do. Oh, yeah. Scotty was supposed to come off the bench. The Bulls sucked. They started Scotty. 30 games in, Scotty's gummy knees were gone. Mm-hmm. Like, playing all those games, it benefited Mike to go to another sport, use different muscles, even though the, the leap wasn't the same, but to take that time off. And even though he's playing in the minor leagues, he's not playing in the MLB. No. So it's not even at the heightened level of the MLB. It benefited him. It probably also benefited his competitive balance to take that time away when you put so much into that game to be the greatest player at that game prior to you leaving the game. I think it like, it, it, again, but basically, I don't even want eight. Eight, eight. Again, I would have loved it, but it would have been more. Oh, man, I want them they all. But they, they would like, they would have been so tired. Hey, look, be, put it like this. If they went to four, look at what happened to Golden State this year. Mm-hmm. We, like, well, injuries just said me, But that's what I'm about to say. Me and Tony, I used to always tell Tony, this was early. This is like Golden State's second title. Me and Tony had this discussion. and Or maybe it was the, the second run. And I was like, you know what's going to take them out? Attrition. And I said this to Tony. I said, even though Steph, because this is when Tony used to say that Steph was the greatest player in the NBA. I said, they need a better player than him 
so that you don't wear him down so he can still, because we know Steph Bennett Davidson, and when he first got in the NBA, them ankles were trash. Yeah. And you couldn't, you couldn't, and he also, and no knock on Steph, but Steph has rarely consistently been a playoff finals player. Like when you look at Jordan's numbers, they go up in the playoffs and they go up in the finals. He takes mm-hmm. it to another level. That has never been Steph. So, but the point that I was making though, when you look at what happened this last year with Golden State, attrition set in. You can't play 30 extra games Four or five years in a row. Bro, it, you yeah. know what I'm saying? It's just it's, it takes it so. Listen, yeah. we can see you can see the last the end with of the last championship. How they basically just kind of limped to the last part. Obviously, they took out gold. I mean, took out Utah and mm-hmm. he won the series four to two. But you can definitely see like like man, all right, we we did it. So, yeah. but no, I, I would love to. I would love hopefully someone a producer or whoever was interviewing them. I, I would. It'll be curious to see if they want if they ask that question. What if Mike didn't leave? And thank goodness for the for the uh, MLB strike because mm-hmm. uh, we've heard stories about how Mike was progressing playing baseball. We don't know if he would have made it to a major league. Team. He would have came back. But, he probably he wouldn't have came back then, but he would have came back. But that's but that strike helped the Bulls. You, no, you're fa- it's facts. It's yeah. facts. Because if that strike didn't happen, he probably wouldn't have came back at that point. Uh, particular mm-hmm. time. He didn't want to be a scab. Yeah. My uh, last question about this doc for you guys. Besides the obvious, who's somebody you want to hear from in this documentary? Uh, I know who I want to hear from. Who's that? It's funny because even after you use this, I'm going to curse a little bit. No, no. <laughs> she, no. She, 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 no. She, I, I told Phil, he's going to put me back, back, back in the game. I want to hear from Ron Harper. Will Harper? That's what, like, I want to hear from Hollywood Harper? Him, because of, like you, you think about it, it's funny. I, I watched uh, Drink Champs the other day with Lamar Odom, which at the end got tragic. Um, and the story it, is tragic, but yeah, go yeah, ahead. it is. But you actually, got it. It comes up at the end. Yeah, yeah. But um, it, you know, I think about them old Clippers teams, and even though they were bad, they were still an Los Angeles team. You think about Ron Harper, who was known as a poor man's Michael Jordan, when Cleveland mm-hmm. also broke. I think Michael, Harper may broke his foot too. I think he was going for a block. Mike may have been going for a rebound. It could be flip-flop when Mike did in 87, 86, 87. But the point I'm trying to make, a player like Ron Harper going there, going to the Clippers, I remember when the Bulls got him from the Clippers, and it was like, man, we got this old-ass broke-down Ron Harper. And then seeing defensive Ron Harper, I don't understand how he did it. He didn't, he didn't play in front of you. He played on the side of you. Yeah. You know, like that was the thing. He used to strip, like, and he wasn't known as defender. So as an old guy that was known as a scorer, he became, like, for instance, look at Zach Levine. Ron Harper, and again, I'm not saying as far as he jumped aside, but Ron Harper and Zach Levine are actually a lot alike. And we don't look at Zach Levine as a defender, even though he somewhat improved this year. Ron Harper, man, and he was playing the point guard a lot of the times. Was he was a PG. And ripping them up. Well, when he got to the Bulls. The Bulls, right. Yeah, it was because, I mean, they, they the Bulls didn't need a point guard right. because of the triangle. Triangle. But when you look at the fact of what he was, I would love because he was a, a star player that came to a team and Jordan wasn't supposed to come back at that time and came back. I would love to hear his comments because he used to keep it 100. Definitely Kerr, you know what I'm saying, uh, and Tony. I like, I, I, I always, impre- like, I feel still – what Tony Kukoc did to expand in the NBA in Europe is under Harold. I can mm-hmm. still remember him and D, uh, Dino Roger coming in at the same time. So those are the guys that kind of 
you know, I want to hear probably a little bit of Cartwright, but those are the guys I kind of want to hear. I, w- I want to hear more. I want to hear from Tony. Uh, Tony Kukos can't uh, stole my ass right there because you I don't hear. Ass. No, no, don't worry. No, because you don't hear too much from Tony. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? He's kind of, he's kind of quiet, you know, he's reserved, whatever, you know what I'm saying? I, I'm sure he probably still lives here in the States. No, he lives in Chicago. Oh, he, does he? Yeah, he's, still, yeah, he he's in the city. Yes, okay. I yeah, know he's he lived in. He's a Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but, but you also remember, Chicago has a large Croatian Serbian community. Very true. Very true. So I want to hear from him. Just talk, let's think. It's talking about how him being this huge star, young star overseas, playing against the dream team uh, in the Olympics. Mike and Scotty, like specifically going after him. Because I got they, him. No, I got yeah, him. Because Krause is talking about bringing them to the Bulls, and then Mike leave, and then here comes Tony Kukoc, and then he had an internet. I want to hear from Tony and try to and, and to see his perspective of how he had to integrate himself first coming to the Bulls with Scottie Pippen. Because oh, let's not forget the whole thing with the um, with Scottie Pippen set out the last shot because the last second the shot. Game, because, the shot was going against yeah. the Knicks. The ball yeah. was going to Tony. Yeah. But Tony, Tony was clutch like that. Tony what? And Tony hit that shot too. He hit the shot. Scotty but also that they last wanted, shot. Also, they wanted Scotty to move to the shooting guard and let Tony play at the three. The three. They over. They they inflated and bloated Tony up because they tried to make him bigger than what he was his first year, and then he kind of right. slid back down. But just to, just to see that dynamic within that relationship, and then here, here comes the basketball guy back. You know what I'm saying? To reclaim his throne. And it's kind of like, okay, wow. And he's a young player at this time, too. And Tony was sweet. sweet. Another, another thing I want to see. Going want, left. <laughs> I, want to, I, want to, I want these younger. I want these younger. Going, you don't know which way Tony going? <laughs> James Harden want, way. But I, but going I want, left. But I want, to, I want these young NBA fans, especially here, people here in Chicago, because of the times of lean right now with the Bulls, to see a young Tony Kukoc coach hoop because he could hoop. 6'11. He can hoop. Could shoot. It was known as the waiter because he could pass. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, listen. Man, he was t- sick, boy. If he was, if he came into the league now with how he would have grown up playing, yeah, he'd be a stud fighter. He'd been freaky, freaky, freaky. Yeah. Listen, he'd be like Dirk. His shot may not be like Dirk, but his handle would be even better than Dirk's. Oh yeah, like that's the thing. Like his handle. A cross like, between uh, Hito Turkaloog and and uh, Dirk Nowitzki. I don't look because even with Pedo, you're looking he's still at a player that you're thinking about. Yeah, he's better. Oh, than yeah, oh, but you're still yeah. looking at like a shoot. Like you were looking at like a cross between. I'm gonna say uh, Don Donich Donich and. That's a great. That's a better that's one, good. D. Yeah, Donich. That's, you know what? And Dirk. I hate to say this. I hate to say this. He wouldn't have. He wouldn't have. Shorter. He's a sh- right now. He's a shorter poor man's Donchich. Then like you don't even have to mix him with because Donchich okay. can shoot the three. That's good. He's a shorter. I mean, no, no. He's a taller. Yes. He's a taller Doncic, but Doncic right now is more skilled. But Doncic comes from what Tony Kukoc grew. Made. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like that's the thing. Like that's like that's what when you get skill set. Yeah, the skill set that Tony Kukoc had, man, please. And you also gotta think about this. Because Pippen, they thought about trading Pippen a couple of times. Yeah, sure. You don't get him, you don't get him out for P- Kemp. You can get enough for uh, Rod, uh, for uh, Robert Ory, and it's probably a player too I can name. But they never relinquished the team to Tony, so we never even saw if this was mm-hmm. Tony's team. Mm-hmm. So he's an, an, an auxiliary, auxiliary player. It never became his team, even though I think it was the first three-peat of the comeback. 
Pippen missed like 30 to 40 games and Tony had to start. And listen, the record wouldn't have been what it was. It may have been the second uh, of the, uh, the the championships in the second three-peat. But Tony had to play because Pippen didn't come back to basically like January or February. Tony had to start. And it was just one of those things where Tony Kukoc is under Harold. I mean, yeah. he's, he's, he's the props to what he did for the world they're not given in the type of play. Like how many highlights, like Tony Kukoc highlights do you really see to be six eleven? dog? Like for instance, this is my last thing. When Ryan, you brought up, and I don't know if it was one of y'all, but brought up Magic Johnson should be in the top college players. And now when we see those highlights from Michigan State, we're young. We're, we're younger than that. We're not young. Mm-hmm. But when I like, I see him yoking on somebody back in Michigan State and he's 6'8", six, 6'9", six, support guard, I'm like, damn! Because yeah. like, even when you look at the fact that him and Larry Bird's state stats, Larry Bird rebounded a little bit better, Magic assisted better. But they were similar players in their gifts. But Magic was a point guard at that size. And, like, that's kind of the thing because clearly Tony Kukoc took his game from Magic Johnson. And like, that, that's where he got it from. And just imagine having that kind of a skill set now in this NBA. When there's no the, there's no position. There's no posi- it's positionless yeah. basketball. The defense, point, is not what, yeah, the, the defense is not where it used to be. If you plop him in right now, he would – at his younger age, too, when he can kind of flourish because he did have a team – after Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, and all them guys left, he was on the. He, he left. Yeah, he he, he got out of there. season with Elton Brand was, he was like, like, I'm out. Two fingers, I'm gone. I mean, because he was eating, hey. he was, oh, he he was living the life. Championships. Yeah, championships. Yeah, yeah. Like, I got to go down to this. Nah, I'm good. Yeah. But if you could see Mike, if you could see a uh, Tony Kukoc at his young prime self in this NBA right now, dude, he'll probably be a top five player. Easily, he was that. I don't know about that. Top ten at least. Top ten at least. Yeah, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Hey, top ten. Listen, you disrespecting these young cats. He not better. He not better than Luca. He, I don't even know if he would have him in better. That's a hot take in itself, right? Real quick, real quick. Yeah. What do you guys think of the considered NBA playoff scenario where they are going to pick potentially one neutral site? have your 16-team playoff with the series to be determined whether it would be three, five, or seven. Still one game is on the table, but they would also play five or six, seven regular season games to get everybody up to 70. You guys like it? They just trying to make sure they get this this season in and season done with. Um, Listen, based on the projections that I'm seeing right now, with this whole coronavirus and everything going on in the country, a lot of things are going to be locked up to the end of May, beginning of June. They're not talking about coming back to June now, though. So, right. I mean, so, I mean listen, they, they, they only asking, they can shoot, they only asking they can for about 35 in, games. If they can shoot so that's a month and, quick, That's like a month and a half. Hey, they and I'm getting so quick, real quick. So someone from the reports that we read in the, in the NYC Post, they talked about perhaps three-game series. They said that most teams will want to get to 70 games with their local contracts. I believe right. that allows them to use their, their national it, – it, it, it frees them up to show games nationally, basically. So, me personally, it's cool, even though – this is the only problem with it. You're going to really have to test those people in this isolated area. And the only and thing you have to put everybody in isolation. That's a, but you yeah. really you're like, go you to your room. Y'all can't you leave can't, except for practice. You can't even just neutral test. site. You can't just test them once. Right. You, you got to keep going. That's what I'm saying, because yeah. they may. But the, the reps and cameramen. That's what I'm So mm-hmm. uh, in a situation where right now, now this is months later, so it can be different. But in a situation where we don't have enough tests 
to sit there and use tests just for a sporting event. It's crazy. That could be like, that's where, again, I'm with it, but that's where it kind of gets like, I don't know if y'all want to do that especially with what's going on. So that's, that's my only issue. Again, like this is the NBA's money and I'm not even saying the NBA need to be taking care and doing all this for other people. But when you're really going to have to test now, if they say they have a surplus of tests in through two months, all right, whatever. But that's my only hiccup when it comes to it. But I mean, that's it. And I, and I, as, and as I have been saying, it ain't worth it. Call the season. It just ain't working. I guess they seem desperate to get a championship. In that New York it Post ain't article, worth it. a league source said they'll do anything to crown a champion this year. Man, it ain't worth it. All right. Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at D and Davis Show. Once again, it's at D and Davis Show. Facebook.com forward slash D and Davis Show. iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Music, Stitcher, the TuneIn app. More on Anchor, which kicks you over to Spotify and the YouTube. All right, and in another two days, you're going to get uh, our Westworld flip and then also our flip this weekend. We always appreciate it. Stay safe. That's all we really want to say. We'll talk to you later. Wash your hands. Keep your hands to yourself. D and Davis, the show, and we are lucky enough today, me, D, and Ryan, to be joined by, man, an old pal. Like, yes. We've been doing this together for a minute. He's one of the brothers that's been down with us when we first really got in this. And uh, it was reciprocated back. He's here in Chicago taking over, and he's in New York half the time. Where does this man live at? The only thing slowing him down (laughs) is the COVID. And that is Scoop B, Brandon Robinson. You can always catch his articles at heavy.com. And also, he's the host of Scoop B Radio and the founder of Scoop B Radio. He does anything sports, but in particular, the NBA. How are you doing tonight, Scoop? I'm chilling, guys, and uh, COVID ain't stopping me. COVID, COVID, COVID is uh, is afraid of my phone and what we can do with that. So I hear you. Always good to talk to you guys, though. That's what's hey, up. Hey, Scoop, let me let me just go off straight to the NBA. And what are some of the precautions that you've heard the NBA ask of NBA players as far as moving forward and how to handle themselves with the virus being so rampant here with the pandemic in America? Well, I think the biggest thing is just watching the company that you keep um, and, and, and who you monitor in and out, you know, with the whole social distant thing, six to eight feet. But um, what I find interesting uh, in this whole situation is particularly uh, Rudy Gobert, for example, who is from France. And d- during, uh, you know, sometime between January and when the leagues had the stoppage, um, he had friends or family uh, reportedly uh, around. Mm. Uh, house and so you think about everybody that's hung out with everybody in the last two months you think about all-star weekend you think about um you know christmas holiday you think about all those things i think it's just monitoring the amount of uh, i guess people you're around and you know shaking hands and hugging like that's hard in basketball where there's constantly you know you're seeing fans you're shaking people's hands you've played AAU basketball with people like there's relationship that's what basketball is so um, you know, they're, they're just telling a lot of players just to be mindful of the company they keep and, and just touch it. Look, let me ask you this. About three months ago, turn of the year, maybe not even that, maybe two, I remember hearing that a league executive kind of floated out there about starting the NBA season on uh, Christmas, citing that usually, you know, fans aren't really getting geared up until the game's around Christmas. And if it's just baseball in the summertime, why not overlap over baseball since basketball is a much more dominant, not much more, but it's a more prevalent sport, especially with the younger crowd than baseball is. Do you think that 
we're going to actually see that one because of the fact that maybe they'll come back and have to push back next season? Or do you think that that may just stay and that they may start the season early, I mean, later because this gives them an opportunity to implement something that may be a cash cow for them in the future? Ideally, I think it's a novel idea, particularly because uh, it's been done um, back in 2011 uh, season uh, when the lockout you know, shortened season uh, prevented there from being um, an all-star game and, and or just, you know, play. You know, you, you started on Christmas Day. You had all these games. Derrick Rose had a miracle against the Lakers uh, some years ago. I was writing about that the other day. Um, but when you look at the situation, yeah, I think that fans don't begin to start paying attention uh, to, bas- to basketball till around playoff time. Uh, after the NCAA tournament is over, and then also after the Super Bowl. Um, you know, the week after, you've got all these primetime Saturday games. I think it would be a novel idea um, based upon what I have heard uh, around the league. There is talk of, uh, you know, potentially, I heard it through the grapevine, uh, that they're considering, you know, anywhere between June and August of, of restarting the season, and it'd literally be six to eight regular season games, and then you'd go into the playoffs. Uh, so, you know, if you're, you know, the Lakers in first place in the Western Conference or the Memphis Grizzlies in the eighth seed, uh, it, to, to quote the great DJ Khaled, your bag is secure. <laughs> you're the Portland Trailblazers or, or the New Orleans Pelicans on, on the outside looking in, six to eight games is disheartening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt. Uh D and Davis show right here. Brandon Robinson on the line on a, on a video and line with us if you want to say. Uh, make sure you follow Brandon on Twitter at Scoop B and also to ScoopBradio.com. Uh, Brandon, you're in the know. You're talking to the players all the time. Uh, just give us uh, their perspective about what's going on right now, how they're feeling, they're dealing with their families, and eventually even getting back onto the court. Um, I think it's a, an interesting dichotomy. I think family is something that um, is a is a is a gift and a curse in the in the fact that some players you know they may live in a separate city or state from where their families are, mm. or you have situations where um, you have kids, you have all that stuff taken care of with you know the mother of their children, and then you either are away because you can't get out, or you're stuck at the house and you're trying to train, and you get out of practice from everything that you've put in during the summertime. I I use this perfect example. Um, LeBron James talked about on the Road Tripping Podcast how his body's like, bro, what is going on? You Mm. think about it. Over the summer, um, he taped Space Jam. He worked out. Mm. um, He he was preparing for this potential championship season. Um, And he still found a way at 35 to jump as high as he did uh, his first few years in Cleveland, um, create, you know, chemistry with Anthony Davis and Contavious Caldwell Pope and what have you. And then there's the stoppage. Um, that routine kind of gets to you. And it's interesting. Um, I have a podcast with Kenny Anderson that will probably drop this weekend. I asked him um, to compare the coronavirus pandemic now to when the NBA lockout season happened in the 90s. And he talked about how conditioning was a big thing and how he was not disciplined, he wasn't focused. Now, granted, we're in a pandemic then, um, and really it was just a collective bargaining agreement issue. But when you talk to past players, that's what they closely dial in on. Uh, 
just the fact that there was no place for them to work out other than home. And things were a lot different then. You know, now you have personal chefs, um, trainers around the clock, more money as, as well. So it's a little different. But, um, you know, you talk to, to taking a look around my phone and just asking guys, you know, what's the biggest thing? For some of them, they're going into, they're, they're preparing for their next act in careers. CJ McCollum is, is, has been taking meetings and things of that sort. Um, you, you look at Jamal Crawford, who's still an NBA free agent. He and I talk almost every other day. And, you know, he's got, he lives in Washington State. So he's got kids that he's taking care of oh, wow. in his life, as well as trying to get a workout in. And they're home. So they're taking classes online. It's just, it's an added dimension uh, to, to, to what's going on right now. Have you, have you heard from any players that say, you know what? Let's go ahead and call this season, season of Washington startup uh, next season. I've spoken to a few players who feel that way. They think that the season is done. Um, it's about a 50-50 split. I've spoken to players who feel like the season is done. I've spoken to some players where they say, you know, let's salvage the season. Let's try to make something of it. And then you have conversations like I go back to the lockout where it's like, okay, say, say hypothetically, right? Say the Clippers or the Lakers win. Then you start having those conversations like they had with the Spurs when they beat the Knicks in the 99 finals, where it's like mm. there's an asterisk next to the name. Mm-hmm. And the 90s were in a very different situation than the Lakers. In my opinion, um, I think the Lakers have a two to three year window. And really, it begins to get tougher next year because you have a healthy Golden State Warriors team next season. Um, you, you, you know, there's a potential opportunity, you know, there's discussions around the league that, you know, Giannis Antetokounmpo, if he were to leave the Milwaukee Bucks, he could land in a Miami Heat organization. He could land in a Golden State Warriors organization. He could even potentially land in a Lakers organization if Anthony Davis doesn't resign this summer. So, you know, this was the year for certain teams to fulfill certain obligations and certain desires for people. But, you know, I, I think this season is a lot different because you didn't know who was going to really go to the finals, who was going to go to the conference finals. And, you know, players have just really expressed their displeasure, you know, with that. So it's, it's interesting. Dean Davis, right now we have Brandon Scooby Robinson on with us. Brandon, real quick, get back to one thing. And you mentioned when the Spurs won in 98. And at first, I can remember even Charles Barkley saying that team had an asterisk on it until they went on to have a dynasty. And it was proven that they were a great team. But I have a question. And it kind of goes back around Rudy Gobert, the Celtics, uh, the Raptors, the teams that played Utah prior to everyone finding out that Grobear and Donovan Mitchell had coronavirus. Has anybody expressed how worried they are that they passed it to their families and the frustration perhaps? And I, I mean, I don't want to go back and, and go at Rudy Gobert, but the frustration at one, how he was acting flippant with it, but the risks that they may have come in contact with, with, I don't want to say the NBA wasn't doing it, wasn't supposed to, what they were supposed to do, but People necessarily weren't taking the precautions, and some people may have caught this, and they may not be right moving forward. Has any player expressed that and how that is really important to them and frustration with the league or any other player or any other team? I haven't spoken to any player specifically about that, but this is what I will say just from kind of covering it, having conversations and piecing it together, right? So for those who are paying attention, you know, Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell, you know, tested positive. During a 10 to 12 game or 10 to 12 day span, um, you've played the Pistons, you've played uh, the Celtics, you've played the Raptors, the Cavaliers, uh, etc. Um, you think of road trips and you think of you think of just who played who and who was around who. Um, the Pistons, someone on the Pistons contracted it, Christian Wood. 
Um, the Jazz played, you know, the Pistons recently. Um, you look at um, the Boston Celtics, who they played. Uh, Marcus Smart contracted it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you look at the Brooklyn Nets and the Los Angeles Lakers, for example. You look at uh, gentlemen on the on the Nets, I believe it was four gentlemen, one who was Kevin Durant who contracted it. And uh, the Lakers, they have not publicly uh, disclosed who had it. I think that it really makes you – it's almost like – I can't use any other comparison with this. It makes you think of, like, when you're having conversations with friends about partners that you've had in the past, it's like, but wait, this happened. This happened. <laughs> nope. We played this team. We played that team. Like, it really makes you sit and think, like, yeah. how quickly and how much people interact with one another and how you just don't know. So, like, I'll give you a, per- a personal example, like – the week that the that the the um the week that the Pistons were in New York, I was supposed to sit down with a member of the Pistons that Monday. I got a call that Sunday. They canceled it. Um, I will credit the NBA in this sense. I think the NBA, when they made a move, other people kind of followed. Yeah. Um, schools followed. Mm-hmm. Uh, the NCAA followed. I remember sitting on a conference call with Charles Barkley and Charles Barkley didn't understand why um, fans kind of had to be punished. And, you know, and then that later that week, you know, he had, he had to get tested himself and tested negative, of course, uh, from all published reports. But I, I think in this time more than anything, I think this is the new normal and we're figuring out still, is it, is it, listen, is it shaking hands? Is it hugging? Is it droplets? Um, is, is it, is it sexually transmitted? Like, I remember having a conversation with Gary Vee, a former Lakers trainer on the Scoopy Radio podcast, and him detailing how he took his gloves off when he treated Magic Johnson uh, because he tested as HIV positive, not comparing COVID-19 mm-hmm. and, 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 and AIDS, but um, I find it interesting that there's nothing new under the sun and some of the same like conversations that we're having about something <laughs> Um, that people are not necessarily educated on and we're learning a lot of things on the fly. I find that this is the new thing that is, um, that is not just sports, it is life. It transcends so many different facets of life. Um, so I, didn't, I, I think I went in a tangent and answered your question, but I think it's, I think it's a case study in just how we are reimagining everything. One, we, we, you can't get it if you're not kissing and you're having sex. So <laughs> everybody that's having COVID sex, just don't kiss if you don't have been around that person. But listen. But protect yourself. You brought, yeah, yeah, that too. But listen, two things real quick before D chimes back in that you mentioned. One, what was your fear from you were here at All Star? Uh, you know, did you at first, were you worried that you contracted it? And you mentioned that this is a new normal moving forward. What type of changes do you think when the, the bell cow has is, is flattened out, but still we know it's probably going to come back in the, the fall and in the wintertime. How do you think you're going to move to avoid catching COVID when the season starts back up and you got to be moving all around the country? So I've, I've made a, I made that reference to partners in, in a sense. I've thought about where I've been from January comparatively from January to March. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been around members of the, between January and, and March, I've been around members of the Nets. I've been around members of the Lakers. Um, I've been around, I've been around a couple people who were diagnosed who tested positive. So was I worried about it? No, because I think the time frame. like I look at the time frame from 
uh, after All-Star. Because it seemed like many people were testing positive for it after that. You weren't hearing much about it. Mm. Um, as it relates to how it's affected my job specifically, um, being in and out of locker rooms, um, I worried about access for people and whether this is an excuse for them to not let people in in the future. And what I'll say is, it's even interesting looking at pictures where you're around people before the new normal and what it is now. Mm. Steve Smith, who's on Turner, his birthday was the other day, and I had tweeted, you know, happy birthday to him over the picture. Uh, and his former Atlanta Hawks uh, teammate, Eldridge Rukowski, in a quote tweeted and said, hey, Scoop, hey, Smitty, y'all ain't six to eight feet, back up. He was joking. <laughs> but it's like, you really have to, it, it reminds me of what life was like before TSA only allowed passengers to go into the area where right. you yeah. Very true. Very true. Watch Home Alone, and the whole family was sitting in the room waiting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's just very interesting to kind of dissect. Do you think the NBA is – I mean, the, as you said before, Scoop, and this is uh, Brandon Scooby Robinson on the Dan Davis Show right now. Make sure you follow Brandon on Twitter and Scoop B. Uh, Brandon, do you think that the NBA will go that far? Could we ask our buddy Tony, who's down at NB, uh, Anthony Gill, who's down at NBC Sports Chicago? He said the NBA is a very progressive, forward-leaning uh, industry and, and league. But do you think they will probably try to maneuver some kind of way into kind of like restricting certain media uh, and, and to make this new normal the normal? I think it depends on what happens as far as the virus. Um, the thing that I think about more specifically is handshaking, fans in stands, mm. hugs. Um, I think that, I think particularly, Ryan is included too, but particularly people of color and people in media, we hug, we touch, we talk. Like it's a very close up situation. Basketball is predominantly black. Guys slap hands and, and butts. I never understood the butt part, but, but you know, <laughs> it's like if you're so in yeah, close yeah. proximity, it's almost like, why didn't we think of this before? Why are people talking about washing their hands now? Should you been always washing your hands? And saying, yeah. Hey, yeah. Why, why are you washing and scrubbing? I think that we're, the, the new norm is still being defined. And I think the fact that nobody is around each other in close quarters and it's just so new. Like, are we going to be in a situation where, like, okay, if we're media people or we're players, like, do we have, like, little guards on our hands that we have to change every game so that it, it makes you it makes you safe? You think about, like, the Michael Jordan flu game, right? Mm -hmm. Like, many people applaud Michael Jordan for how many points he scored, how he was able to overcome what he overcame. But he was touching the basketball, and so was everybody else. Yeah. I'm curious to know if anybody else got sick after that game years ago. So, you know, do we do you do you clean the balls after after every game? Um, I hope know? they were doing it already. Yeah. That, yeah. They probably wasn't though. But I mean, that's the thing. How? What about touching the ball? So when it comes back, it's gonna go through the NBA. Like, how are you gonna do it if I was touching the ball in every sport, basically not moving forward? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. That's, and I think that I don't know is is legit. Like. I don't know. I, I just think that it seems so simple yet so complex. Like, even from a perspective, I, I was talking to a contact of mine in L.A. Uh, a couple of days ago, 
you know, LA has a, a, a small problem. I, I went up to Hollywood Hills uh, during one of my trips over the past year and just looked at the sky and the smog and looked at like a before picture, like sometime in December or November mm-hmm. of 2019 and then an after picture of now. I think that, you know, we watched, I was just telling my roommate this the other day, we watched so much Captain Planet going up about protecting the earth, <laughs> like water and, and, and heart and all the things we need to not, to not mess up the sky and not mess up what's going on. And it's like, we're actually, that was actually a self-fulfilling prophecy. Like the smog is like night and day in LA right now because people are, are more home than not. I think that this is, I think as much as, as it's a pandemic, I think this is a, a, a space of self-reflection, uh, goals, how we treat each other, you know, how we, how we spend our money, how we invest. Like there's so many facets that this is going to affect aside from just sports. Look, that Captain Planet reference, and you said heart. Matisse power was whack. Heart was, it was like, who wants the heart? Man, you remember the names? It's like, I got earth. It was like, heart. It was like, ah, Matisse, get your ass out of here. <laughs> hey, Brandon, well, give, a, give us a, a lowdown to, uh, you're up in New York, man. How was it up there? That's really right now the epicenter of uh, yeah. the coronavirus here in the States, at least. But also, obviously, as we all know, it's spreading across the country. But give us a lowdown of what's going on up there in New York. Well, I'll tell you what, I live in New Jersey and, and in New York as well. My family is there. A lot of my family is still there and they're not coming out. I mean, we're talking everything from lower Manhattan, where some of my friends and family work. Um, it's a ghost town. Midtown is a ghost town. When do you know Times Square to have no people populated? Um, and then I've seen some of my friends like Joyride on their IG stories um, on, 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 you know, and just passing through. And it's like, if you don't take it behind home, yeah, it's having an effect on finances. It's having an effect on culture. It's having an effect on events. Like I, I'll tell you that there are, there are things that, that I know there's a lot of money that's that, that I have friends that are missing out on whether it's working a regular nine to five, whether it's there in TV or radio and there's production. Um, but I think what's interesting is, I think at this point, as much as money matters, it doesn't. I think people are realizing that that mouse running through a paper bag rat race that we're in um, sometimes can affect your own health. And people are just reimagining, you know, what's important and what's mm-hmm. actually important. So, you know, you're not seeing a lot of people home. I fear for those who are unhappily in relationships or marriage or who have lots of kids. Uh, <laughs> all types of box wine and, 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 and vodka but um, more than anything else man it's, it's a ghost town um, and I think you know as, as it's continuing to spread I think that both uh, Governor Phil Murphy in New Jersey as well as uh, Governor Cuomo in New York um, has done a good job of just advising uh, people on how to move and how to shake and I think that they're setting the standard for how other you know states should follow suit I think those two governors have done a good job in, in their, le- their level of leadership. And, um, but it's been a ghost town. I hate to ask, but can you speak to the level of fear? Like Chicago, New Orleans are two of the places that are said to be the epicenters after New York. And you look and listen, Cuomo is basically now everybody's governor. It's funny. I was talking to an old lady and she was like, did you see Pritzker? I was like, I only watch Cuomo's. I don't watch Pritzker's. I, I watch Cuomo's. All right. But but still, like, there's so many people dying there. 
Like, you, you got parents? Like, what's the level of fear of people that this bug could just wipe you out? And again, as you said, it's, it's Times Square is empty, and we know how New Yorkers are. If this got them scared in the house, it, it speaks to how just how fearful people are of contracting this this, this COVID-19. My parents, they're in their 60s, and my mom and my, and my stepdad, you know, they, they've been preparing, buying groceries in excess. Like, the first floor has groceries for now. Mm-hmm. And downstairs has, like, groceries for the next month. Just okay. Because, you know, it, it's expected that it's a chance we really, really can't even step foot in our house, outside of our house. You know, that, that, that you know, it, there's, there's a belief that, you know, we're being slow walked, that, that eventually uh, martial law could happen. And, you know, that people, um, you know, if you don't continue, if you continue not to follow the rules and keep stepping outside your house and not, you know, following the rules, that you're going to be made. And it's interesting because, um, it reminds me, it's, it's not a, a direct comparison, but it reminds me of when the National Guard took over the city of Philadelphia. You know, I went to the school in, I went to school in that area, and mm. uh, I remember taking classes at night uh, at Community College of Philadelphia. I believe it was like 2006, 2007, when the homicide rate was high in the city of Philadelphia, and like the National Guard was like, it was an eight or nine o'clock curfew, mm. and you know, I, I took night class. I was scurrying to get back to my my place, and you know, it, it reminds me of that, just the level of curfew, get in your house, do what you need to do. And I think, you know, it's, 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 there's going to be a lot of babies named essential uh, come December and January. <laughs> 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 but I think at the same time, I just think people are still figuring out a lot of what's going on. You know, forget the money. It's more about people's health and, and, it, and it seems to be just spreading rapidly. Yeah, uh, Scoop, before we get up out of here, man, I got to get your thoughts on the uh, NBA uh, and the 2K Players Only League. Uh, you covered the 2K events, obviously, for the NBA. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Um, it's a placeholder uh, until they figure out what's going on. I think it's great that they're doing something for charity. And um, I also think it's good for someone like Donovan Mitchell to get some type of exposure uh, and to kind of have conversation about it because I think we're still learning. Um, what happens next? Um, same for Kevin Durant. I think Kevin Durant is more mm-hmm. naturally either spoken, guarded, or just don't care. Uh, I said Kevin Durant, right? Not Kevin Garnett. Yeah, yeah. You said Kevin Durant. Durant. Yeah, you said Kevin, Kevin Durant. Yeah, KD, yeah. Because I wrote that in an article earlier. I meant Kevin Durant. I've been doing <laughs> it when I write Kevin Garnett. It happens. I do that too sometimes. Um, I think even someone like Boogie Cousins, who, you know, is not playing right now, he has the chance to kind of just have an outlet. I think, you know, people look at players as just like sometimes as robots and, you know, these guys have opinions, they have personalities and more. And, you know, you get to hear their voices. There are some players who publicly don't want to talk right now because they just don't want to be that guy to say the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. So these, these competitions where you have live and you have, you know, different, you know, today on my Instagram live, I had wrestler Mark Henry. On and we talked for about a good hour to you know WrestleMania this week and he was mm-hmm. very candid about a lot. I think mm-hmm. this gives guys an outlet to be themselves because they mm-hmm. can't be on the court. Listen, you were real close to Kyrie Irving. We all know uh, what about two months ago, a month and a half ago, Kenny Atkinson was relieved of his coaching duties. How much of that was Kyrie and KD, from what you know, and how much was that with just management not seeing eye to eye with the direction the coach was taking the team? Um, people you ask say that if KD and Kyrie wanted him there, he would still be there. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that Brooklyn has a short window uh, in the next three years to win something. Um, I could tell you that there is a desire 
on the on the on some players uh, named Irving uh, who may want somebody named named uh, uh, Phil Handy. Okay. In the coaching capacity uh, with with the Brooklyn Nets, um, but there are other candidates out there. You look at Mark Jackson. Uh, you look at even you know Greg Popovich, uh, who is in an interesting situation in San Antonio. He has the opportunity to pass the torch on to Tim Duncan, Hammond, or to Tim Duncan. And mm-hmm. you know the, there are other candidates out there. The uh, name is going to always be a name that's thrown out there. I'd like to see Mark Jackson get a coaching job. I was with Mark Jackson a couple of months ago um, at the Lakers Sixers game in Philadelphia, um, and and you know he told me he's doing good. He's staying ready. He's grinding and. You know, it would be cool to see that particularly because he's he's an alum of Bishop Lachlan High School, which is minutes away uh, from the Barclays Center. And uh, it would be a great homecoming of sorts. Um, but, you know, I, I think that the Nets are, are you know, the Popovich thing sounds, sounds interesting only because, um, you know, Sean Marks, the GM of the Brooklyn Nets, uh, comes from the San Antonio Spurs uh, tree. Uh, and, you know, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, I also think that, Hey, Jacques Vaughn is undefeated. He's 2-0 since taking over for Kitty Atkinson. They beat the Bulls and they beat the Los Angeles Lakers. The Lakers. <laughs> it ain't that hard to beat the Bulls. Former Utah Jazz, Jacques Vaughn. Oh, that Jackie Vaughn. <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 you know, Kyrie Irving does have a, a respect for Jacques Vaughn. That, you know, he was an assistant coach uh, on the team. And, uh, for a while, so he, you know, there's a relationship there. But you know, I think I think Jacques Vaughn is in a similar situation in Brooklyn that Mike Miller is in with the cross town with the New York Knicks. Um, I think Vaughn is in a better position potentially to get rehired. But I think the Nets are looking for some type of splash, and Phil Handy may check some of those boxes. And you know what Popovich could do, and you know Mark Jackson will always be an option. Real quick before we get out of here, because you mentioned that. Uh, people in this industry and people that aren't getting to the bag as far as, you know, even if you're not in media, but, you know, you people are people are getting fired, unfortunately, or being let go. Here in Chicago at 670 score, Julie DeCaro, Connor McKnight, and Rick Camp. So we yeah. want to send them our best thoughts. And I got on this shirt right here, White Sox for Ed Farmer, a White Sox former pitcher and radio announcer. We're sending our best wishes to his family also. Scoop, uh, 10 seconds real quick. What you got coming out before we get up out of here? Um, a lot. I pre-recorded a lot of interviews for Scoopy Radio that will be making moves. We had Shaq on a couple of weeks ago, Jamal Crawford on this week. Um, we have any interviews with entrepreneurs, and we've got some NBA writers, or excuse me, well, NBA writers and NBA players. Um, I'll share with you. I was on the phone with Jason Williams, retired NBA player, this morning. A lot of people coming through in the next couple of weeks. That's what's up. That's what's up. Hey, Brandon, man, thank you so much for hopping on with us, man. Definitely doing a uh, video with us, too, man. We'll get it out to everybody soon. And you take care. You be safe, man. Yes, sir. Definitely, man. We'll see you, Scoop. Everybody be safe. Amen. All right. D and Davis Show.